0: They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
1: When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today.
2: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or
3: online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
1: KFI AM 640. You're listening to the John Cobell podcast on the iHeart Radio app going to talk now with uh bob clifford he is an attorney who sued boeing over uh one of the two crashes that happened in 2018 and 2019 you've been following the boeing saga i'm sure uh most recently that door plug blew out of the alaska airplane that was going from portland to ontario but if you remember boeing's problems with these max jets go back to october 2018 A MAX 8 crashed in Indonesia, 2019 in Ethiopia, total killed 346. They grounded all the MAX jets, and it cost the company more than $21 billion. And you think that would have been enough to get their production system in order, but apparently it wasn't. Let's get Robert Clifford on the line. He represents uh, the families of the victims in the second crash, the uh, the one in Ethiopia. Robert, how are you?
4: Hey, John. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm wonderful.
1: I'm all right. i uh, I'm just fascinated by this because you had two huge crashes and they were fighting to keep the planes in the air anyway. And now all these years later, we've got a run of more Boeing problems with their Max jets. Um, they don't learn lessons easily there, do they?
4: No, they don't. And, you know, to your point about they fought to keep the planes in the air, you know, the first crash in October of 2018, you could, let's call that an accident or something that came about because of negligence. That's not true for the second crash. The second crash, March 10, 2019, in Ethiopia, where I serve as lead counsel for all the families in the federal case pending in Chicago, there... As I've told the attorney general of the United States there are Boeing employees who should have been investigated for criminal conduct because they knew within hours of the first crash that uh what the cause was and they did everything they could not to tell their operators about it because they thought they could get ahead of the curve with the fix of it was a software fix. Uh they didn't and then people died. So they took risk they risk lives, people died afterwards, and no one's been held accountable for it, which is why Uh, On February 6th, next Tuesday, we'll be in federal court in Chicago uh, asking the district court judge to set trials uh, for the remaining uh, approximately 40 cases that are left. Uh, Of all the cases, John, that were filed in Chicago under federal law for the second crash, there are about 40 left. Uh, The the cases have been settling. Uh, Families have settled cases, but not all of them. And there are families who deeply believe that they, uh, the community should bear witness about Boeing's wrongful conduct, and that's what's going on in Chicago.
1: There seems to be something obviously systemic wrong in, in the Boeing company, in management, in, in the production, on the factory floor. What, what have you found? I'm sure you've done a ton of investigating and discovery. What, what What's the general consensus? Well,
4: the, 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 the general consensus is that when Boeing merged with McDonnell Douglas, that it went from being an engineer's company to a company that was driven by the balance sheet and the and the mass and the MBAs, the folks who are interested in quarterly returns and in company profit, uh, and you know the cliche of you sa- you're you're sacrificing safety for profits. Now look what happened just today: uh, the um, the Max nine is going back into service, but Boeing's production. Of that Pratt is being limited to 38 as opposed to 50. Uh, their stock went up today uh, as uh, in response to that that news. And the notion being that uh, they were trying to push out too many airplanes from uh, the factory in order to meet their profit expectations and the quarterly calls by the analysts for better performance. And and they're going back hopefully uh, to a company that's going to be focused on quality and that's. Uh, their their chairman says that's their plan. Uh, the FAA is uh, imposing that on them, and and uh, you know a company like Boeing, uh, their stock went up today as a consequence of taking better measures to ensure uh, a safe production.
1: I think most normal people listening are saying if there's one industry that you don't want to put profits over quality, it would be air, airplane manufacturing.
4: I. I mean, and, and that, well, that's certainly true. But it's also true. I mean, look, aviation transportation is is a is very safe. I mean, we have been in an unprecedented era of aviation safety. But you know, but but we've also, uh, when it goes wrong, you know, look, uh, the law of gravity is always in effect, and there's uh, there are mass consequences uh, to uh, the, these mistakes that are being made. So you're right. Uh, it's a company and it's an industry uh, where failure is not an option, where you must be uh, uh, you know, uber diligent about the quality of your product, and that's where they slipped and failed us all.
1: I've been reading stories that uh, uh, people were conditioned not to speak up if there were defects on the assembly line in the factories, that everybody's I, looking I the that, other way.
4: Uh, everybody looks the other way and they, they cover for themselves. You, know, you mentioned discovery. You know, we took many depositions of Boeing employees in Seattle. Uh, there's a protective order. I can't get into the full detail, but I, I literally asked a few of them what how they slept at night, given what they did. And um, they said, oh, we slept fine. I did my job. I did my job. Well, how about we do our job? And, and that's the difference.
1: <laughs> that that's, See, that's really scary. I understand people wanting to protect their own jobs, but, you know, you're building planes here and you're seeing – uh, you're seeing things going on in the production line that you know is going to lead to a problem. Sometime you can't you can't cheat your way forever.
4: What- well, in, in fairness, I, I cannot say, and I don't know of an incident where someone saw something knowingly wrong. Uh, and and didn't speak up about it. I I don't know anything about that. What what I'm specifically referring to, though, is people had their head in their sands. It didn't operate as a a coordinated, collaborative company. I'm doing my job in my silo, and I don't care what the other guy's doing with his job in his silo. That's not a way to run uh, uh, any manufacturing process.
1: So what's the general public supposed to do? People listening uh, have flights booked. They see it's a MAX 8, it's a MAX 9. They're hearing all the stories. What are we supposed to do? We're not aviation experts. We can't do a, an inspection of the plane before we lift off.
4: No, I, 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 I genuinely believe. Look, I've, I've represented families in aviation disasters for over 40 years. I believe that it is safe to fly today in a MAX 8. Uh, the fact is it's probably the safest airplane in the sky, given the scrutiny that it's gone through. Uh, the public should not be afraid of flying. Uh, I think that all of these uh, terrible things that we've heard about in the last weeks, in the end, will benefit us all. But the the fact is uh, we also call it, in my, my circles, graveyard engineering. People died to make it safer for us. You know, the cars are safer today because people died. You know, you're out in California. I'm in the Midwest. You know, you you had the 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 Corvair and the Pinto litigation starting out there. I'm driving in a safer car today because of terrible things that happened in California decades ago. The same is true in the aviation industry. Uh, all these bad incidents, in the end, make it safer for the next uh, uh, go round. But it's the terrible tragedy uh, that occurs to families uh, when the, when the first event occurs, and you know everyone. Talks about lawsuits and you know maybe their verdicts are too big and so forth. If there's one thing I've learned is that people can endure unending amounts of pain, suffering, sorrow, and loss of life, provided one thing prevails, and that is that it's happening to someone else. I would not hesitate to get on a Max age. I don't think anyone should. Uh, I think the FAA, by the way, is going to be better for us all, uh, given uh, uh, these these incidents, because they've been taking too much uh, criticism for being apologists for Boeing. And I think they're sick of it as, as an organization, say, they should have been sick of it a long ago. Uh, and it took uh, these terrible things for it to happen, but the FAA is going to require far more scrutiny of uh, manufacturing.
1: You're listening to John Cobalt on demand from KFI AM 640. Just talked to Bob Clifford. Attorney based in Chicago, who is still involved in lawsuits against Boeing dating back to the 2019 crash of a Boeing Max eight jet in Ethiopia. There were two that crashed within months of each other. Uh, months of each other. Uh, one in Indonesia, one in uh, Ethiopia, and he still has 40 cases outstanding. Uh, he was uh, quoted along with a number of others in a long CNN piece. Uh, that came out this week uh, digging it uh, came out just yesterday digging into the hell's been going on with Boeing all these years and uh, it it's it's really simple everything all a lot of detail, but it all boils down to money. Ed Pearson is a former Boeing executive now he's uh, the executive director of the Foundation for Aviation Safety. So he told CNN that leadership is more concerned with getting the planes out the door than quality. He said planes are still being produced today with flaws not being caught. And here's some history behind Boeing. Do you know, before the Soviet Union collapsed, there were 51 major American defense and aerospace contractors? Those of you who have been in Southern California a long time know how uh, Southern California was the center of the world for aerospace, and then the Soviet Union collapsed, and suddenly there was no uh, not that great a need for the product that they had been building here. 51 contractors shrunk to five. One of them was Boeing. Boeing then merged with McDonnell Douglas. And according to CNN, while Boeing bought McDonnell Douglas, many of the executives were McDonnell Douglas veterans. Most of them had financial backgrounds, not engineering backgrounds. Boeing had been known as the engineering company. So you had financial guys, and then you had outsiders from General Electric, and at at GE, cost-cutting, efficiency. It was like a cult there makes you a lot of money but again we're talking planes here uh they got a guy from GE named Jim McNerney he started at Procter and Gamble don't they uh produce toothpaste and shampoo um he was CEO of 3M hmm I think they make Scotch tape I know they do other things I'm just being snarky uh, then he was told, uh, well, then he got the job to run Boeing. But it became all about profits. Quality went out the door. Uh, main competition is Airbus. And according to Richard Abelefia, uh, he's an analyst of aerospace companies. One company says, we're going to build a lot of jets. That was Airbus. The other is saying, we're going to lobby the Pentagon in Congress for defense dollars. And then Boeing became more dependent on their suppliers to build more and more of its planes. We've talked about that. Other companies, factories all over the country. And after the pandemic and the economic uh, recession, uh, a lot of senior workers were offered buyouts. So they've lost a lot of expertise. None of this is good news. There's not one thing in this story that makes you feel good about the direction Boeing has been going uh, in for you know for for years and years now. Now going back to uh, Ed Pearson, former executive at uh, Boeing, he testified to Congress five years ago that there was evidence that the 737 Max was having production quality issues planes being delivered to airlines that had faulty hardware or other malfunctions uh, planes that had more than a dozen safety issues which he said were serious he said the boss in fact he recommended a halt in production of the 737 max and was told by a boss we can't do that i i can't do that that's what uh, you know i'm wondering about the, the chain of command Everybody knew that there were problems, and everybody said, well, you can't do that, because that would impact the profits for the quarter. And there's an irony in that that I'll get to in a minute. Um, So then you had the crash in Indonesia in October of 2018, the crash in Ethiopia in 2019. You know, like I mentioned before, that cost Boeing $21 billion. So there's your profits down the shore, $21 billion. Between payouts to the victims and families, the planes being grounded, you lost all that income, having to pay for a massive uh, redesign. After the first crash, Boeing pushed to keep the planes in the air. They won that argument. After the second crash, they still tried to keep them in the air, but the FAA finally put its foot down on it. And uh, Pearson says it was obvious. After the second crash, that Boeing executives were more concerned with continued production rather than finding the cause of the crash and fixing it. They didn't even want to look. They didn't even want to look. They didn't want to, they didn't want to fix it. They just want to get the planes back up there. And one employee, they found some internal memos, employees writing to each other during the uh, 737 Max grounding showed one employee described the jet as, you'll like this, Deborah, designed by clowns who in turn are supervised by monkeys. (laughs) That's insane. Please, come on board. (laughs) That's that's a guy on the inside who works there. We probably
0: do a better job then. (laughs) And that's pretty scary.
1: You know, I'll take on any clown or monkey. Designed by clowns, supervised by monkeys. By the way, as far as profits are concerned, Airbus is going to report $4.7 billion in profit for 2023. Boeing is going to report a loss of $3.6 billion. So all this work for profits, and they're losing billions of dollars. That's on top of the $21 billion they already lost. You know what? That's just stupid. That's not putting profits over safety. That's just being a clown and a monkey. More coming up. Oh, what do we got coming next? I know we got something. Oh, oh, this is important. Oh, geez. Proposition one's going to be on the ballot. This is going to borrow $6 billion for mental health care for all the homeless people. And um there, there's a we, you know, we've 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 spent billions right here in LA, LA City and County, billions of dollars on these propositions, and everything got worse. And Shannon Grove is a Republican state senator, and she's usually on the right side of things, and she is for Proposition 1. There's a lot of Republicans joining Newsom and the Democrats to promote this proposition, which is on the ballot uh, in March. Um, why should we trust this? Well, I'm going to ask Shannon Grove that when we come back. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640.
3: Complete terms. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey
1: everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular. The guy in the orange sweater. And this is your wake-up call. And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
3: Savings based on cost of Consumer cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency and consistency scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality visit LazarusNaturals.com today lazarus naturals committed to improving your life as well as the world around you not available in idaho iowa or south dakota
1: on the radio one until four then after four o'clock it's john cobelt show on demand on the iheart app you can listen to what you missed and moistline there's vacancies 877 moist 86 877 moist 86 we're going to talk with uh, state senator Shannon Grovon Republican and uh Shannon we've uh, talked with uh, a number of times um and and she she had a she actually won a big victory a while back to uh intensify the penalties for child sex trafficking in this state she ran into a roadblock with the public safety committees in the legislature, and uh, she uh, she really created a storm of public pressure and and got that passed. So now uh, these, these felonies will carry some real prison time with them. Uh, let's talk to Shannon, though, about something entirely different. Um, Gavin Newsom has a proposition on the ballot called Proposition 1, and this is going to spend—we're going to borrow billions of dollars— and uh, strengthen all the mental health programs and the drug abuse programs to uh, treat a lot of the homeless people that are all over the streets. And um, I wanted to talk to her about this, because she and Gavin Newsom are not natural allies, and I'm really skeptical of Proposition 1, and I'll explain that. Let's get Shannon on here. Welcome. How are you?
2: Hey, I'm good. How are you? What happened to your um, counterpart?
1: Ken? Ken? Ken uh, went off into the wilderness. He's, he decided to retire. So what
2: what are we going to call this show? Is it going to be the John and John show?
1: It's just... Uh, well, I don't want to call it the John show because it makes it sound like a toilet. Um, I, That's John... <laughs> John, John, John Cobalt's show. That's, you know, that's all oh, I okay. got. I, if somebody has a better idea, I'll, I'll take it. Um, Shannon... Um, now, you got a lot of credibility because I thought what you did was brilliant in getting the, the uh, sex trafficking bill to uh, strengthen the penalties last year uh, on, on those felonies. Thank so, you. So when and, I, when you I, know,
2: you gave me a lot of credit. You gave me a lot of credit for that right now, and I appreciate that. But if it wasn't for the media, if it wasn't for the media, if it wasn't for Ashley, if it wasn't for you guys, if it wasn't for the media, that bill would have died a very slow and quiet, fast, quiet death. And um, But you guys pushed that out. The people of the state of California got outraged that selling children for sex in California was not considered a serious felony. And people would get sentenced to 12 years and get out in three. I mean, you guys did that. And we could not do these things without you.
1: Well, thank you. So I'm turning to you to explain to me this. Now, you know, you're a Bakersfield Republican and uh, Newsom uh, and you probably don't overlap on too many issues. And this proposition Nothing one happened. is, is going to spend a lot of money. And here's where I'm coming from. We've seen here in LA, LA City and County, we had two propositions a few years back Proposition H and HHH. Billions of dollars spent on homeless. Everything got worse. It helped uh, fund a massive homeless industrial complex where these nonprofits are paying uh, their executives six figure salaries. And nothing is getting better in the str- on the streets. So my first reaction to this is this going to be a state version of all the failed programs that are in LA city and county?
2: So it better not be. The bottom line is is that the counties have not some counties have not done a good job. And if you look at that um statement that I made in the in the LA Times, the quote is he he, meaning Gavin Newsom has wasted a lot of money um but he has and I called him out I said that on the floor and I've said that publicly he has wasted a lot of money but I drive down 12th Street and there are literally people naked in the streets or with a hospital gown with no clothes on it's 32 degrees they're talking to the sky those people don't even know they're on the street Then you run across United States military veterans that have put their hand in the air just to defend, to defend this country and they are on the streets and they're living in a, a makeshift tent or some kind of veteran compound, uh, you know, put together in a park where veterans are sticking together. And this, this, I don't want to say last effort, but this This actual proposition is supposed to give a billion dollars to United States military veterans. And I want a seat at the table so I can hold them accountable of what they're spending the money on and be a part of the solution to get veterans and those that are chronically ill off the street. I don't condone the waste of money they had. I know there's been problems, but the bottom line is is that this allows us to move money, build beds, get people in, inside that need to be inside. I'm not talking about the people who stand on the corner and beg that should go out and get a job because they're totally capable. I'm talking about the chronically mentally ill United States military veterans that we deserve to treat that deserve a better treatment from this state. In what they're being treated, uh, and um, that's why I'm involved in
1: this. Right. The L.A. Times says there should be 10,000 new treatment beds for people with drug addictions, mental health issues. We're borrowing $6 billion here. On the surface, I think if people read the title and summary, they'd probably vote for this. I think polling shows that it it, gets a favorable reaction from people. But, you know, I don't automatically look at these things and say, oh, that's worded so beautifully. Sure. I've seen what happens. I mean, you look at, like, the high-speed rail boondoggle, the two propositions here in L.A. County, the way Prop 47 was sold. And I personally don't want to be snookered again, and I just feel like I don't know what it would take to convince me that we can trust this crowd, that they're going to take the $6 billion, and we're going to see these people helped.
2: So just I mean, so to my knowledge, none of us have been at the table on the previous bond measures and the allocation that's gone out. My knowledge, we weren't able to participate in who got contracts or whatever the case may be and have. And I don't know that we'll have that this time. I'm just telling you that we have a seat at the table. It makes me sick to my stomach. This is the great state of California. And we look like a third world country in some of these homeless encampments and what's going on. Again, being the first female veteran that's ever been involved in the in in, in, ever been elected to the state legislature. I want to stand up for United States military veterans. And when I saw a billion dollars on the table and I visited that veterans camp that was down there across from the veterans facility, this is completely unacceptable. And I'm going to do everything I can to secure that billion dollars for good housing for veterans that have served our country.
1: So if we borrow this money, spend this money. How long will it take before people are getting treated? Because do they have to build mental health centers? They have to build drug abuse clinics? Um, And and, and what do you do for the people who really are crazy, really addicted to drugs, and they don't want to go inside?
2: i mean there's a lot of details that have to be worked out but again you want to be at the table when they're working out these details it's some of that money from counties will be reallocated to this program so it's not a total bond for 6.4 billion dollars so there's already bond approved monies from previous bond measures that are going to be reallocated because it's not working the money that is spent right now is not working and my goal is to be a voice of you know to be a voice of common sense and reality and and bring up new things that maybe they haven't talked about like why aren't we partnering with um, organizations, and I'm not saying this organization, I'm just saying organizations for our veterans similar to like Tunnel of the Towers or other organizations that know how to build veterans housing at a low cost and making sure that there's wraparound services for these veterans. Why do we have to reinvent the wheel? Why can't we partner with organizations that already do this very well? My concern on this, and when the governor came out and allocated a billion dollars of this money to go to veterans, was to fight like a rabid dog for that billion dollars to go to veterans that are on the street get them off the street get them the mental health services they need get them jobs and get them into productive to be more productive members of society instead of what's happening to what's happening to them on the streets that's my game in this that's what i'm going to stand up and do and i will fight tooth and nail to make sure we get every dime that we can for those veterans to get them off the street
1: all right shannon i got to do the news i'll tell you this if this passes and i think it probably will would you come on and tell us if, if you're running into roadblocks and that the money isn't getting where it should go or the programs aren't actually working and or come Absolutely. on and tell us that, that things are working out and here's why it's better. My hope,
2: yeah, my hope is it will work out. My hope is to stand up in the room and shout as loud as I can that you can't give millions of dollars like the pilot program in San Francisco that help four people. You can't pay these nonprofits and these organizations, you know, six-figure incomes and nothing's getting delivery direct care to services. My goal is to make sure, number one, I focused on the United States military veterans and then the people that are on the street. I went to Costco the other day by REI. Little lady, an African-American, in a hospital gown, nothing on underneath, standing in the parking lot, turning circles. She doesn't even know she's on the street. Yeah, That I know. is cruel. That is cruel. And we are California, and we need to do something about it. All right, and Shannon. This is the avenue we have to do. We're going to fight. It's,
1: it's a deal. I want you to come on the show and tell us what you see, what you know. And if things aren't working, this is your megaphone, all right? Thanks for coming on. You got it. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. Uh, one of the strong candidates for um, L.A. County District Attorney is John McKinney. He's a deputy DA, and we've talked with him uh, a number of times. And uh, he got some good news. And uh, if you are planning to vote, this is relevant information. Uh, the L.A. County uh, Assistant District Attorneys did their own poll. Uh, they, they, 355 of the, uh, assistant DAs voted and in this, uh, you know, it's like a straw poll and, uh, 64% said John McKinney should be the next district attorney. So these are all prosecutors and, uh, they were asked basically, uh, choose your next boss. Who would you want? And 64% said John McKinney. So we're going to talk to John about that coming up uh, after 3 o'clock. Um, all right. So it was just, uh, is, is is Eric ready on the line? Anybody? Steph? Ed, is Eric coming on? Yes. Okay. Um, Eric Sklar is our technical director. And it was just a, a couple of weeks ago that Ray Lopez was out for a while because he got RSV, that respiratory virus, and he said it was worse than COVID. And Ray should know; he's had COVID three times. Yep. Uh, now our technical director Eric Sklar, he got he got the COVID, and uh, it's amazing. How many times have you had COVID now? Is this twice?
5: Eric? This is my second time. second time. Yeah, this is my second time.
1: So between you and Ray, five times.
5: Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was do- at a wedding. I was at a wedding over the weekend, and someone decided to show up. After testing positive on Tuesday last week. The wedding was Saturday. And I had the lucky draw of sitting next to the person who decided to show up after testing positive on Tuesday.
1: Oh, she didn't mention after, it to you during
5: dinner, did she? Well, no. So <laughs> I was at the welcome party Friday night. Yeah. And I saw I saw my fraternity brother and I was like, Oh, where's your girlfriend? And he was like, Oh, she's homesick, she's had COVID all week, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully she's feeling better and can come tomorrow. She wakes up Saturday the morning of the wedding. She's feeling fine and decides to come to the wedding, and now I'm probably one of, I think, 10-plus people that have gotten sick. A super spreader event from one woman. A big time super spreader event.
0: Were you hugging her, Eric? I mean, were you that close?
5: Ooh. Oh, yeah. Well, I had wow, the lucky draw of sitting. I had the lucky draw of sitting next to them during the ceremony, mm-hmm. and yeah, of course, I was talking with
0: them. I said hugging and Are I gave
5: her a yeah, I, yes, I gave her a hug. Of did course. You, did you dance with her? No, no, not, I'm not going to dance with my friend's girlfriend. <laughs>
0: Well, Eric, I'm being selfish for asking that because yesterday you came in and handed me John's live reads and we chatted. I saw you.
5: In the Deborah, news booth. Deborah, 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 uh,
0: Deborah, I saw you for two seconds. Okay, I well, how long were you seconds. with that woman?
1: Now hold on a second. Which one of us went on a plane knowing that they had COVID? <laughs> People still yeah, exactly. talk about that. Exactly. I wore a mask. Exactly.
0: I wore a mask.
1: <laughs> I uh I just can't believe how many times, collectively, everybody's gotten this and the RSV and, and the flu. And, John, just to be clear, you've never had COVID, correct? He's
0: never tested, Ray. Not once. Oh, well. well he he,
1: yeah, but, but I, I never I never got sick. Hmm. So if I had it, I might have been asymptomatic. They say 97% of people got it, but a lot of people had no symptoms, and I'm guessing I'm in that category.
5: It's, yeah, you know, I mean... Luckily, my symptoms haven't been too bad. Yesterday, I had a fever of 101.2, but I haven't had a fever at all today, so that's good. So how long are you going to be out? Um, At least till um, Monday, Tuesday. Um, My doctor said I need to quarantine till Tuesday at least, but if I'm feeling better by Sunday, then I don't know. I'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, they've relaxed the rules on that. I just noticed the other day. Yeah, yeah, well, that's that's exactly why. You can't go anywhere. It was like you you, you were, like it was all your fault. Like you're you're a dirty person. Like you have a, like you got the clap or something, Mm -hmm. right?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Well, for you, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, the the CDC says five days now, and I guess Tuesday to Saturday is five days, but she was still able to spread it to a bunch of people
1: yeah well yeah stay home eric look i'm just gonna i don't care what day you come back i'm just gonna stay away
5: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're lucky then so no no more instagram lives i guess
1: yeah well that's what i was thinking about how many times you came in on on monday to set up the the uh the ipad for the instagram live shoots oh no it's like yeah Yeah. that's how i'm gonna get it and die because of uh, because of instagram (laughs) live that's great all right eric (laughs) Well, I hope you feel better. Feel right. better.
0: I right,
1: feel better. For Thank
5: you. you guys. Thank you.
1: All right. Eric Sklar, our technical director. Uh on the disabled list. Ian Ray. I don't think we've all all of us have been together uh this first month of the year for more than a couple of days. I
0: know. Yeah, I
4: think Ken had it right by doing the show from home for two years. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know. Three. It wasn't so three? three and a half. Holy cow. Well wow. who's
0: <laughs> <But he's laughs>
1: counting? No, he left in March twenty twenty, never came back. Uh <laughs> Still hasn't come back. (laughs) Uh, When we come back, John McKinney, uh, assistant uh, deputy, I'm sorry, what do they call them? Uh, Assistant uh, district attorney. Yes. And 355 uh, prosecutors voted on who they would like their new boss to be. And 64% picked John McKinney. Uh, 1.7% picked George Gascon. There are six people in the L.A. County prosecutor's office that picked Gascone, Tell you about that when we come back. We're talking to John McKinney. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app.
3: not available in Idaho, Iowa or South Dakota.
0: Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years.